Good morning, and welcome to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. Yes, I'm back live with a, with a new show. You guys probably all thought that uh, the market was so crazy that, you know, I just crawled in a hole and died. No. Uh, no, no. no. Um, we would have heard if that happened. Abso- absolutely. Well, welcome to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, we are here every Saturday morning. John, appreciate you covering for me why I was out of town and just some crazy trips and um, had to um, get out and see the kids. So, you know, now oh, yeah. that, you know, as I'm not immune to uh, life changing as an empty nester and <laughs> Priorities. And had, had a couple travels there. I didn't want to miss um, in the crazy career of my daughter's hockey. I didn't want to miss her first Division One hockey game back east. And so. And very cool about the goal. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, proud dad moment. I mean, I, I don't put, you know, I'm not a huge over poster. I try not to be on not Facebook. Not like me. But, but um, yeah, she got, she scored. It was an, it's, it's a newer program and they've recruited heavily with an amazing. Canadian coach and yeah she got the first goal um, for the program's history against UConn wow. I mean we were playing this is division one yeah hockey. we were playing UConn it was just like surreal absolutely sur- wow. surreal moment and then she gets the first goal and it was on because it was UConn not because of the program she's in but it was on I don't know if you get this reference from an old movie called Dodgeball, Dodgeball, mm-hmm. but ESPN, the Ocho. Yeah. Like, I, I think the game, one of her old coaches, was, or previous coaches, was uh, texting me because he was watching it on ESPN, like ESPN 7 or 6. I call wow. it ESPN, the Ocho, you know. You really <laughs> had to look hard for it. But and, it was still, because and, it was the first game for a brand new program. Yeah, they put it and, on. It, and it was, and UConn has a contract, so they're so they're. Telling Televised, and so he sent me this really cool banner of Mia Ken Moore scoring the first goal. So there, yay! Nothing to do with real estate. But, See, people, but in just, a few years when she's on the U.S. <laughs> Women's Olympic hockey team, we'll be able to say we knew him when. Yes, but just a, a proud dad. So that's why we had the encore show last week. So I appreciate everybody for humoring us, um, humoring us through that. Like I said, priorities. Absolutely. So um, dad first, real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be third. I got to say, husband first, dad. Yeah. You know, yes. Um, so, but back to um, the real estate market as kind of um, as kind of part of that travel and a fun topic for our crazy celebrity real estate house story. There was, as I was researching for the show, there was an article in uh, Rob Report um, last week that gave the most expensive home for sale in every state. And so Ooh. I just uh, cherry picked out a couple of those for some states bordering states around us. Maybe one that I recently traveled to for for that game, but just for fun to kind of give the listeners an idea. So, the most expensive home for sale in Idaho, Pinewoods Estate. This does have views of um, in Coeur d'Alene of Lake Coeur d'Alene. And this is a $30 million property, 10,000 square feet, overlooking Lake Coeur d'Alene. Get this, on one level, 10,000, wow. can you imagine 10,000 square feet? I mean, I've seen, you know, you see pictures, two stories, but this is a rambler, one level. So that was, that was pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy there. Now I was, I flew into Boston for that, for that game. Um, and so in Massachusetts, I pulled up. 
Cliff Beach, which was previously a resort, but had been turned into a single family home. Wow. Right on the beach in Nantucket. Now that's $39 million. Mm -hmm. Um, It features a four unit main residence. And then get this, you have two standalone guest cottages. Um, and two garages. So it could be continue to be used as a personal residence or operated as a commercial property. Mm. Now, Oregon, okay, so get this, Eastern Oregon, o- the Ochico Mountains. So mm-hmm. there is a ranch for sale that borders the, um, that borders the national park there. Um, and that is 40,000 acres. Crazy cool looking ranch. $65 million, most expensive listing in Oregon. Texas, now, I mean, they always like to do it bigger in Texas, right? So 22,000 square foot house in Houston, um, $60 million, built as a European chateau. Wow. McKay, this place is absolutely nuts. And then um, the last one, we can't go, we can't, we, we've got to do Washington, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so in the state of Washington right now, um, Rob Report reporting the most expensive listing on Lake Washington, of course, 400 feet of non-bank shoreline with a private dock on Lake Washington, 4.3 acre estate, and that's coming in at 85 million. So there's your... There's some of your most expensive homes uh, <laughs> listed in in some uh, states around us and one or two that I've visited lately. So there you have it with our crazy um, celebrity real estate story. But now we've got to turn our focus to what's going on in our local real estate market. Well, I got to tell you, um, it's hard for me to go to Costco right now, go to Great Harvest for lunch, go anywhere and mm-hmm. not have someone stop me and ask me because a lot of it does to national headlines and we've done a couple radio shows about it. Um, but just ask me, what is happening in the real estate market right now? They're like, this has got to be rough, right? Or what's going on with interest rates, et cetera. I'm seeing more signs than I've, than I've ever seen before. So I always thought, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting and a lot of times people have always talked about, well, real estate's a local, real estate's a local game. But yeah, yes, it is a local game, but there are national things that affect it. So, and a lot of times we find that Tri-Cities in say maybe, oh, 10 year history, or let's even go back further. Let's go back, um, let's go back to 08. So let's go back to a 15 year history. A lot of times Tri-Cities would be trending opposite of the national norm. Mm-hmm. However, in the last three to four years, it's followed that very closely. So I, I came across a, a great article in Inman News um, written by an economist um, for a national brokerage that was really good because it broke down some national numbers. And the title of the article was, Are We Really in a Housing Recession? Because if you watch CNN or Fox News or Twitter, um, if you, any of this, you're going to have seen those words thrown out, out a lot. So as I, as I read through the article, um, there were some great graphs and charts and information there on a national level. Um, really kind of looking to debunk the myth, are we in a housing recession? I thought, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to pull up. I'm, let's look at these national 
data and then compare it to Tri-Cities data and see like where we compare. Mm-hmm. Are we trending opposite? Because that's really what it comes down to is what do those numbers say we're at? Like what are we what are we dealing with with the real numbers? And so I, I ran some stats for September. Here we are just starting in October, but I've got some great September numbers that we can really reference versus like a January number and see what that looks like and then the national number. So just before we start off this discussion, the very first thing that comes up, if you look at the actual definition of recession, and economists define it a little bit differently, but that definition is a difficult time for the economy of a country when there is less trade and industrial activity than usual and more people unemployed. Okay, so we have, we have to look like that. And then the other definition is the movement backwards of something from a previous position. So when you look at housing and you look at what's going on, and we have talked about this on the show numerous times, you yes. have to look at inventory. We're always talking about inventory and what's going on, okay? And so when you look at that from a national level, that's the actual number of homes for sale. Okay, so the all-time low of inventory that we that we have seen um, in recent history was February of this year, and that okay. was 900,000 units nationwide. Okay, and now we are sitting at 1.2 million units nationwide, which is which is a 35% increase. So that is significant. Now, what's interesting about that, if you look at from a seller's market, now this depends, right? Buyers versus sellers too. Mm-hmm. We always have to be looking a bit overall. So if you look at that on a national level, 30% increase, that is a, that's a big number. Now you look at Tri-Cities and I go back to January and I pull up the stats for January and we were sitting on the market active listings 330 Active listings in September, 675. Okay. Mm. We have had basically, I mean, the number, it's almost perfect, a hundred percent increase in the <laughs> in amount inventory. of inventory. Okay. And when that happens in a sh- relatively short period of time, like if you look nationally, We've only increased 35%. But if you go up that much, wouldn't the prices come down? Okay, we're going to get to that, McKay, and that's what this show's about. And you're jumping ahead, okay? You're <laughs> you're jumping ahead. I had my coffee. But but yes, now we are going to get to that, and I think that's going to be the shocking difference between the last time. Because when we say, when people read recession, they go back to 08 and they think about what happened there. So we're, we're, we're going to look at that number and we're going to get to that. But first, I'm giving you kind of some of these baseline numbers because you got to think, okay, that is a 100% increase in the amount of inventory. So looking for homes now for a buyer in versus January, very different situation with that, with that many more homes to look at. Um, and of course, we're going to bring interest rates into this. But first, if you go back to 675 homes on the market, you have to go back to when was the last time that we saw that many homes on the market? I had to go back in the data to 2014. Okay, almost eight years since I've been on this radio show saying, hey, inventory's low, uh, I've seen it higher. You know, this is kind of this is kind of a crazy a crazy number, but we've we've got to look at we've got to look at that. So, what do you do when you look at a number like that? 
you start to figure out, okay, when does inventory matter? And it matters when you compare that number versus the number of homes selling, okay? So if we look at January, which was arguably, you know, this spring was one of the craziest real estate markets we've ever seen in in Tri-Cities. But now you look now, okay, and you look in January when there were 330 listings on the market. Mm -hmm. In January, 255 sold. Okay, so a large number of those sold. So now you look... And some of this is seasonal, but really the seasonality was gone when the market was that hot. You look at last month, September, we had, we did have 675 homes on the market, but 332 sold more than in January when we were at the start of the year. And so how you equate that is in our business, they call it months. So that's if no new homes came on the market, mm-hmm. how long would it take for us to sell those 675 homes? Okay, well, if you, if you do some quick math, basically, it's a two-month supply of homes, meaning if no new homes came on the market, sales stayed the same, it would take us two months to, to sell out of that. Back in January, that number was 1.2 months. Statistically, that number hasn't changed a lot because, I mean, when you look at just the number of listings, it seems like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Inventory's doubled. Um, But the number of sales per month has gone up um, from that number from January till now. And so you look at that number and you say, okay, what is a balance? What does a buyer's market look like? Because that's where a lot of people are waiting for when they mm-hmm. think recession or they think what's going on. What's ooh, a buyer's? Ooh, I remember. McKay's got it. Give me the number, McKay. Six to uh, minimum six months. Yeah. Yeah. Six months. And you can even argue five to six months. Okay. And so to make that argument, we would basically, if we used last month's number, what's happening in the market right now, 332 sold. Um, Inventory to make that work, inventory would have to get above 1,300, so 1,350, mm-hmm. and sales would have to drop below 330 per, per month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so both of those numbers, and could those numbers trend to that situation? Very possible. I'm not going to say anything's impossible when we've had interest rates double in nine months, but that is that's what we would be looking at. So you you're seeing more signs when you drive around definitely because yeah. for the last 6 years like we talked about we haven't seen an inventory level like this at the same time though when we're talking recession or or drops in prices and we're going to talk about prices after the break at the same time though we still would need inventory to double again before we got to a balanced market situation we're coming up on our on our first break here. We're talking about the difference between a between a slowdown in the pace of growth mm-hmm. versus recession. We're comparing national numbers to Tri-Cities numbers. As we've seen so far, based upon those numbers, um, Tri-Cities has been slowing at a faster rate than some of these national numbers are. Um, and so the impact feels bigger right now in these last two months. When we come back from the break, we're going to dig into what this relates to pricing, because mm. that's the next biggest question on everybody's mind. Yep. What does this look like with pricing? What are the next two most important stats to look at as we compare national housing numbers 
versus local Tri-Cities numbers. Right here on News. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. Today we've been going over, um, you know, the R word, the recession. <laughs> yeah. And and so we've been talking a little bit about like, what does the housing data look like in Tri-Cities versus the national level? Um, and, and it's been interesting so far because the first two stats that we looked at make it look like Tri-Cities is pacing worse. However, we've had some growth levels in the last three years that are never before seen in, in our area. So now, after this break, we're going to talk a little bit about pricing. Before I do, though, I want to get to our pick three, because before the break, we talked about inventory levels increasing. And when that happens, regardless of where interest rates are or what's happening, when that happens, it's more opportunities for buyers to find the right house for them. And I've got a great one here. Um, 5411 West Wernet in Pasco. This is a beautifully updated three bedroom, two and a half bath. And this is a third acre West Pasco location. So that's Wernet and Road 56. Beautiful area, larger lots, quiet neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, you've got um, brand new roof, new septic system, um, all new flooring, LVP throughout, carpet in the bedrooms, um, new interior paint, new exterior paint, new landscaping and curbing, new underground sprinkler. I mean, this place is completely redone and dialed, quartz countertops, new cabinets. Um, and that property with a beautiful yard, mature trees, is coming in at 419000 900. So brand new house, basically, but in a neighborhood where it's difficult to find larger lots, very nice setting. Pick number two, 1816 West 7th Place in Kennewick. This is a four bedroom, two bath. It's an all brick rambler with a basement, 2370 square feet, laminate wood floors throughout the main level, bright living room, fireplace, um, formal dining room, has lots of natural light, big kitchen. Um, you've got in your lower level, you've got a family room with a second fireplace, a large fourth bedroom, den and media room. I mean, you've got all of the space that you need in this property. Open patio, garden space, one car attached garage, plus RV parking. And that's coming in now at 395,000. So coming in at the $400,000 mark. And then pick number three, 1201 Potter in Richland. This is a remodeled two bedroom, one bath Rambler, great central Richland location. Mm -hmm. um, light and bright kitchen with a breakfast bar, lots of cabinet and counter space, um, updated bathroom, vinyl windows, fully fenced backyard. And this is that once again, impossible to find price range. 263500 So That's affordable. So more inventory, um, more options for, for buyers out there. And now we get to that big question. When McKay tried to jump ahead to the to the ending of, of the presentation. <laughs> Spoiler here, alert. And and he asked about pricing, and that and that is the big one because you look at this, and a lot of people think immediately we were at such crazy low levels, though, mm -hmm. that they think pricing would be impacted, would be impacted more. And and it really, at this point, it hasn't been yet. And so when you look at our January average sold price, 485,000, that was really kind of the peak of when we were looking at the averages there where we were at. Mm -hmm. Now you look at, um, you look at this month, 
with um, 332 units sold. And the average price point still holding in there, 474000 So yes, slightly less than January, but only less by 2.3%. So, and we've seen fluctuations. Some months you have price ranges sell a little bit higher, some months a little bit less, but statistically still very, very close in pricing. And, and people then will ask me, like when I'm out and about or I, I see out around town, They'll be like, well, I see a lot of like price reduced, um, yeah. you know, signs out or ads out, or I got something on Facebook or I got something emailed to me. And a lot of that that we see is we see untested pricing of sellers that still thought the market was just going to go up and up and up with, you know, with no indication of it going down. Well, now we're starting to see that if someone tests those price points higher, um, or gets outside of that data set, they're having to reduce to, to the market value to get those to get those properties okay. sold. So we have data-wise, we've only seen a very very slight drop in the average sales price. Now that's now that's comparing September to January. I think what we're going to end up finding is if we look at the data set of the entire year, I think what we're gonna end up finding is that we still had very, very similar pricing that we had to 21. Um, and we have not seen a reversal in those in those prices yet. So even though the financing costs are higher, um, prices haven't really slid off of the trend line um, like a lot of people are calling when you read a headline about <laughs> about recession or, or, or what's happening. And so you kind of have to dig into this data and extrapolate, you know, some trends from it. And here's the thing, like when I'm real life, you know, boots on the ground talking to people, one of the trends that comes out is, is will inventory get to that 1400 mark Lance to when it's balanced and I think the hard part that we're dealing with right now is you know a lot of builders are not building as fast as they were before because there's fear in the market about interest rates being higher um, for you know for buyers and so there are less buyers in that pool so you see builders not building more, but pulling back a, a little bit and building less units just, you know, out of safety and caution for, you know, good economics and good planning. So we have that happening on the new construction side. Now, when you look at sellers, a lot of people that will sell would generally like upgrade to new construction or they would get a bigger house or do something like that. Mm -hmm. But if, if somebody's going the route of bigger, you look at the situation where over the course of the last, you know, two to three years, people have bought or refinanced to historically low rates, 2.6s, yep. 2.75s, 3 like never before seen and maybe never see again type of rates. Yeah. So they're in a home with that rate. If they sell that home for, we'll say, non-necessary reasons, upsize, mm -hmm. downsize, don't like the color of my door, yeah. you, you know, I want less grass. If they sell for that reason, they're going to be giving up that 3% rate. And then if they have to finance buying again at, 
you know, maybe if it was today, six and a half to seven percent. Okay, so you're going to see a lot, a lot less homes. Um, even though we've had inventory go up a lot in nine months, there is still not a very procuring cause, significant reason for somebody to bring their house. for sale unless it involves a major life change. You know, in our business, sometimes we say death, you know, estate sales, taxes, um, or job transfers out of the area. Those you will always see till the end of time come on, come on the market. Um, but it, what we won't see as much is just the, I'm going to move to move. I'm going to move for a new neighborhood. I'm going to move because I like, you know, South, South Richland better than South Richland or, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. or to be closer to my best friend, you know, those reasons will go to the wayside if you're looking at the financial impacts. So with Without that being available to us, it will be difficult for inventory to go to those higher levels. The other question I'm getting all the time is, um, is what about foreclosures, Lance? You know, because that's what happened in 2007 and 2008. Well, the problem, the problem is, is a lot of those purchases were on speculative lending with low down payments in secondary home markets or people purchasing way outside of what they what they could afford and being at the top end of that market for a short period of time. The problem with that argument now in this market is that because we have increased at such a high level mm-hmm. over the course of the last three years, I mean, 18%, 20%, you know, 30 in some areas, When you look at that, what that developed, the difference between this market versus the previous recession we looked at is that developed a lot of equity quickly. So if you look, we just went over average sales prices in Tri-Cities of 470. Well, if someone bought a house and and got into trouble, say in, in, you know, 18 or 19, and now the economy changes and they can't make their payments, it's not likely to be a foreclosure like it was before because they have so much equity. Where people get into trouble with that is I can't sell the house and cover the costs of the sale and mm-hmm. then go to something else. Yeah. Well, now they have room to do that. Even if they get into that financial trouble, they can call, you know, they can call up the Kenmore team and say, sell my house. Yeah. Um, I've got to make a change or go to a rental or do something differently. If they bought any time before 21, mm-hmm. it's highly likely that we can, they've had such a big equity swing that we can get that sold for them and get them moved on to, to a different property. So, and in fact, Washington ranks really, really high in that situation. Um, so like in 2022, they, the studies, the numbers say that over 48% of homeowners with a mortgage, so almost half, almost half of all homeowners with a mortgage have more than 50% equity. So they have room to do something in case something happens. And so we're, we're not likely to see those level of foreclosures come back anytime soon. Now, four years from now, I might be doing a different radio show because <laughs> what will happen is a lot of people buying with the interest rates right now. Like, you know, I've been through this long enough that I get to see the cycles, folks. But a lot of people right now are using ARMS adjustable rate mortgages to buy to get their interest rate back down to a level they're used to. Mm-hmm. So these are five-year adjustable rate mortgages that people are using right now. And I just told you that the rate of equity growth is slowing. So what you do is you have buyers buying now, 
with an arm that's going to adjust in five years and the equity position is going to be slowing. Okay, so if we don't have those 18, you know, percent growth years, what will happen is five years from now, that rate will adjust. If rates have stayed the same or gone up, you know, then then that payment amount will go up and they won't have the equity position like we've had the previous five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be an economic cycle that would cause something like that to, to happen. That's not what the experts produce, but this is the time when you start to see signs like that. It's not right now, and it probably won't be in the next year or two. So we're paying close attention to that. We're monitoring these numbers very, very closely. And right now, the signals are not through the big R of recession, um, but they're more towards the big S of slowed down growth rate. And that's that's what that's what the numbers show at this point. We monitor this stuff monthly. That's where I get the data from. We're comparing it. We're using that data to guide our sellers and buyers mm-hmm. on when a good situation is to pull pull the trigger. Right now, buyers that have that have a large cash down payment um, are really seeing the benefits right now because the higher interest rates don't matter to them if they're not financing, say they're only financing half that purchase or Mm -hmm. 60% of that purchase. Um, but now they have twice the amount of inventory to pick from. That's the big takeaway that we're looking at. Six, you know, six seventy-five to seven hundred homes on the market. Um, less buyers in the market. More homes on the market. Less buyers out there because the interest rates have jumped. If you're one of those people that have saved and have a large cash down payment, now's the opportunity where we there's some deals to be had out there compared to what we've seen the last three years. So Good. We will continue to market that, and I'm super excited to be um, back in the saddle and guiding our buyers and sellers through this and we will be right back here next week right here on news talk 870